Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's get to it. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm going to do a little bit of overlap here, starting with verse 9. Man, I hit this one pretty hard last week, but man, let's just do it again because you know what? We, we as believers, the world is watching us. That's not why we do it. It's one of the reasons, but the Lord commands us to love each other. Look at this. We don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another, right? Scripture talks about they will know us by our love. So, man, treat each other with love. Practice love. You say, man, I'm struggling in that area. Just keep practicing. Don't give up. Keep sowing love. Keep forgiving. You don't have to be foolish. You can have boundaries, but you can walk in love no matter what. You say, yeah, but I don't like the way they act. Well, great. We don't like their actions. We don't accept how they act. We don't accept that type of sin. We don't have to agree with it, but we're called to love people. You are called to love people. Okay, so practice it. Really love people. Not, not the human love. We're called to operate in God's love. Agape is the Greek word for that. So we in English just say love. I love you. It's love covers it all. But I believe there's, I just went blank. I think there's five different forms of love in the Greek language. Koinea Greek. Is it five different types of love? It's four or five. When you get home, look that up. Help me out. But five types of love in the Greek. There's a friendship love, a romantic love and then a family love, and God's love, and it might just be four. I don't remember for sure, but uh, that's all I can recall right now. I was telling Dad Brown one time, these three things are important to me, and let me tell you, they're top things on my list, but I forgot one of them, so let me give you two of them. And I did. he laughed. They're so important, I forgot one of them, and I'll just get back to you on that one, but it's very important to me. It's one of my top three, you know. Anyway, the importance of love, we know that is the top of God's list. He proved it by, can you imagine showing up? This still blows my mind, that God would show up, step into our timeline, suffer as execution and punishment as the perfectly innocent Lamb of God and do it all for us. That is love. We've been given the perfect and beautiful picture of love by God himself. So he says, we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Okay, so keep practicing it. Keep practicing it. Does anyone remember? Ah, it, was, it was a book. It became a movie. I, I, they even did a black and white movie of it years ago. Does anyone remember Great Expectations by Charles Dickens? Well, I'll never forget. In the movie, and I believe it correlates to the book, this woman had raised, I don't know if it was her actual daughter or she'd adopted her, but she taught her to break men's hearts because she had been stood up at her wedding. And she was an older lady and lived in a palatial mansion. And, but at one point, she began to love a boy, and I believe his name was, I think it was Pip. That must be a real British name. I don't know what that's short for. Pippin, Pip, I don't know. But she's speaking to him, and she loved him, but she'd already raised this girl, and now she wanted this boy to love the girl she had raised. And she said, she did a whole speech, but I just remember she kept saying adamantly, if she breaks your heart, love her. If she tears you apart, love her. And I'm reminded of that because you're going to run into people that are going to break your heart. And don't ever let the enemy steal your love 
don't, don't, don't let it happen. Don't ever get bitter. One of the secrets to success in the Christian walk is to never get bitter. And how do you do that? You keep walking in love and forgiving. Because people will burn you. The best of people. And I, I need to be a living example. I want to be a living example and testimony, but I can, I can fail just as well as anybody. And you've got to, got to, got to continue to walk in love. Always. God himself has taught you to love one another. Let's keep going. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Right there in the Greece area. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even what? Keep, keep going on there. Even more. Even more. So keep practicing your love and keep, my mom used to say, keep dishing it out. Right? Keep dishing it out. Keep, keep putting your heart on the line. You say, man, there's a chance I'll get my heart broken. Ask God to protect you, man. To the <laughs> he will take care of you, but he's called you to love. If God has gotten his heart broken, <laughs> our hearts are going to be broken at times. They just are. But you just need to keep walking in love. Keep doing it. Keep loving people. Keep giving chances. you got to have boundaries. But at some point, you just say, you know what? No matter what you do, I don't have to hang out with you. I don't have to agree with you. I'm not going to fight with you. But I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you no matter what. Someone say no matter what, please. No matter what. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. We're going to hang out on this verse a moment. Minding your own business this is a good translation. And working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. So a quiet life. You look into that and you study in the Greek. It talks about a peaceful life. Not stirring up trouble. Avoiding drama. You ever met someone who is always in drama like they're a Shakespearean actor? It's like, more... Why is there more drama now? Are, are you not tired? <laughs> what, did, what did Maximus say in the movie Gladiator? Are you not entertained? Like, are, why, why are we looking for drama now? It, you don't have to look for drama. I guess it's exciting to some people. It's a rush. It's adrenaline. I don't know. But make it your goal to live a quiet, peaceable, steady, and stable life. Minding your own business and working with your hands just as we instructed you before. And I believe the Lord makes allowances for loud people like me. You got some loud people in here, maybe? Quiet, peaceful, but, you know, you can be yourself, all right? But not getting into unnecessary drama. And you know what? I'm telling you, one of the greatest ways to avoid drama is to walk in love. Why? Because when you're walking in love, you don't gossip. Many times that just shuts drama right down. Someone comes to you and goes, oh, we're going to, we better, we got it. And you go, oh, really? Okay, let's pray about it. You want to pray? But we, nope, it stops right here. And we're not going to run around and tell somebody else and, you know, we're going to pray about it. Nope, we'll stop it right here. When you walk in love, say, man, they did this to you and, man, we need to go. We need to go do this back to them. And we, we there's a guy and he told me the story. Man, was it yesterday? Yes, it was yesterday. And I haven't, I haven't seen him around in a little while here, but I believe he's serving God. And he says there was a guy who was giving him trouble, giving him trouble, and it had been years of trouble. And this guy was obviously a troublemaker. He would bring drama. Not the believer, but the other guy giving him grief. And he told me, and it was amazing for him to tell me because he had come to terms with the guy, and they'd, they'd made peace a few months ago. 
But he says, hey, do you remember so-and-so I told you about? I said, yeah, yeah. Why? What's going on? I wasn't expecting this. He said, man, someone shot and killed him. They shot him like eight times. And that's not a praise report. Here's my point, though. You live a quiet and peaceful life. You let God deal with people. You, you turn, over, turn people over to God that are giving you problems. Don't, don't go out of your way. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get in the flesh with them. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't you get down in the mud with people because then it's just a mess. And you guys know this. I'm Hispanic. Most in here are Hispanic. Hispanics can be dramatic, some more than others, right? Yeah, but we're going to work. Let's just settle down, everybody, right? Let's just settle down, let's walk in love, let's forgive, and let's squash it, like they say. Let's let it stop right here. May God allow you to be put in a position where you can just put a stop to something with your decision. Where you say, you know what, I'm going to walk in love, I'm going to live a quiet life. I'm I'm not going to fight about this, I'm not going to keep going on. I've heard people say this, is I'm not going to argue about this, but let's just pray about it, we're good. I'm not going to keep arguing, because we're not getting anywhere, right? Let me read this verse again. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Look what he goes on to say. Then people who are not believers huh, will respect the way you live. And let's hang out on this verse just a moment. And you will not need to depend on others. So folks are watching us. They begin to respect the way you live. They go, oh, man, we need to, we need to be more like that. Look, they got a good head on their shoulders. They're doing right. But they're working, they're providing for themselves, and that takes care of the last part of this verse. And you will not need to depend on others. God's going to bless you through the actions of your own hands, through the seeds that you're sowing. And people are watching, and you get to be a light. You're blessed. You're providing for your family. You're providing for your situation. God is through you. And people are watching you and respecting your actions, going, man, they're walking in love. They're taking care of their business. They're responsible. Say, why is, that even, why is that even relevant these days? This, this was written 2,000 years ago. How is that relevant? You ever met someone who doesn't take care of the most basic things? It happens, right? And there's drama there, is they're not taking care of their own stuff. And then it falls on other people around them to take care of all these things. No, let people who are not believers learn to respect the way you live because you're living right in your light. Remember, Jesus said he's the light of the world. But in one context, he also says, you are the light of the world. And you being the light of the world, man, that covers a lot of stuff. That means living responsibly and in a mature manner and in love and not in drama, right? Folks are going to respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. What a fascinating verse. Still, still relevant thousands of years later. Let's keep going. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. This gets interesting. So you will not grieve like people, what, without hope, right, or who have no hope. When my mom passed away, one of the greatest comforts is we know we're going to see mom again. Some of the basic things things I preach in a funeral are, and God gave this to me during, (laughs) during COVID of all years, and I don't think I did any funerals for anyone who died of COVID, but I believe I did four or five funerals that year. Interesting year. Someone had, a couple had died of cancer. Two or three, no, I think it was two or three of them died of cancer. But I remember giving people hope by saying, they're not here anymore. Say, how does that give us hope? Well, let me keep going. They're in heaven. 
And if you're right with God, you'll see them again. They're not here. This is just their body. You know, I point back here. They're not here. They are in heaven. Scripture says absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. They're not here. They're in heaven. But you will see them again. Why are we able to say that? Say, well, I know they were a believer, and we're not going to grieve like we're hopeless. We have hope. Say, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. People who are without hope. Would you give me the second part of that verse real quick? Thank you. They, They have no hope. Let's keep moving on. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we all agree on that, right? That's one of the core beliefs of our faith. If not, we're in trouble. We're believing for nothing, the Apostle Paul says in another text. we got to know that Jesus rose again from the dead, okay? We believe that. We believe Jesus died and was raised to life again. We also believe that when Jesus returns, man, I've never preached this verse before, I don't think. We also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the what? The believers who have already died. Based upon this, you look into it. He's bringing their spirits back with him, right? Spirits and their souls, if you really want to be technical. Your soul is, you are a spirit. You have mind, will, and emotions, right? And you live in a body, okay? So you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Well, these believers who have died, they left their body on earth, right? Buried in a grave or cremated. Some folks have a problem with that. Not going to get real deep into it. But some say, man, you can, that's pagan if you have someone cremated. Well, I think God can put their body back together. I'm not telling you to do one or not to. That's between you and God. But there you have it. Just throwing that out there. Food for thought. Let's keep going. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns. Oh, Lord Jesus, may that be so, right? We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. This is interesting. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel. Man, he's going to have an announcement from heaven. (laughs) And with the trumpet call of God. That's a good translation. I like that. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. So their old bodies, what's left of them, they're going to be transformed as they meet their spirit. Right? First. Because they've gone before us, right? Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So they're going to have a brand new body like Jesus, a glorified body, and then we will get ours. And that's going to happen instantaneously. Probably faster than the fastest millisecond. Together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with him or the Lord forever. Is that good news? Let's go back two verses, Micah, if you don't mind. Let's go back another one. Yeah, let me read that again. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. Okay, you can keep going. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves, right? Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with him, the Lord, forever. I want to stop right there tonight. I want to talk about that just for a moment. Wow. No, let, let's, let's finish up that chapter. I'm right at the end of chapter 4, verse 18. So encourage each other with these words. What are the basics of all of that? 
You say, man, why did God let us know all that? Do we need to know all those details? I don't know. I believe we need to know them because they're in the Word. But it's all encouragement and it's all hope. After we get through the classics in February, you guys know I love preaching the classics. They're Bible stories. We find amazing points in them. We talk about it. We look at the heroes, men and women that have gone before, and their amazing stories in Scripture. I just love the classics in February. But I, need, I think I need to preach another series on hope because the world is fast losing hope. Things feel hopeless to people. Oh, there's another sickness on the horizon, and the economy, and there's this, and work, and that, and marriages, and all this stuff. We need to keep encouraging each other with these words. It's going to give us hope. Say, man, one day we will meet the Lord. Whether we're dead or alive, we're going we're to be with the Lord. But here's the good thing. You say, do I have to wait until that moment, the rapture, where I'm going to you know, finally see the Lord? Well, no. If you pass away before then, Scripture says, absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So you'll be in the Lord's presence if you pass away before the rapture. Okay? So encourage each other with these words. Does God have a plan? Always. I am not naturally a planner. I've learned to plan more. I've married a planner who comes from a long line of planners. And I admire it. I feel like it's a gift. You know, some folks say, we're just going to wing it. No, we're not going to wing it. We're not going to wing it. Mm -mm. And God's, God's called me to plan in certain areas as well, and, and that's great. I plan for messages, and, man, I'm, I'm preparing, and I was just speaking to God today and praying in the Spirit and seeking him and talking to him about you and about this message. But let me tell you this. God always has a plan. Remember this. This is going to encourage you and give you hope. And then I'm going to close because we need to make way for the Spanish service. But just know that everything is not spinning out of control. No matter how bad it looks out there, your life is going to get better as you seek God. I'm echoing my dad. He's always talking like that. Your life's going to get better and better. It is, and I believe that because you're getting closer and closer to God. Final words of advice before we pray is just keep Seeking him and not his gifts. Not everything he can give you. We'll take all that. Praise God. He can bless us. But seek him, the originator of life, the creator. He, he is the answer. He has all the answers. Just get to know him. Say, but am I going to know all the answers? No, but you're going to get to know him. But will I have all the No, but you'll have him. Keep seeking God. He's the answer to everything. Encourage each other with these words. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes tonight, please? Is there anyone in the house at the sound of my voice that would say, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life. And I don't, I don't know if I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not sure. I, I, I need to confess the Lord. If that's you tonight, you need to accept Jesus. Please raise your hand. We're going to pray together as a family. Make sure your heart is right with God. If you've never accepted Jesus, please raise your hand tonight. And we'll pray together. All right. I'm going to assume everybody in this house is saved. They're right with God. They've accepted Jesus. But would you pray with me for those tuning in on the live stream? Let's make sure that everybody tuning in on the live stream has an opportunity to accept Jesus. So say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me. Cleanse me of my sin by the blood of Jesus. Say, I confess and believe that Jesus is my Lord. Not Satan's kingdom, not Satan, not the world system. Jesus is my Lord, and I confess him as such. 
And I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. Say, Lord, come into my heart to take up residence with me. I believe. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Let me pray over you in this weekend and the rest of this week. Father, we thank you for this moment together. Thank you for Wednesday nights and these hardcore folks that show up on Wednesday nights to get the word and to worship together. Father, we thank you for this weekend. We thank you that your word is falling on good ground now and tomorrow and and all the way to Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And you're going to continue to speak to us. Lord, continue to do miracles in our lives. I declare a miracle a month this year. Blow us away with your favor and loving kindness. Surprise us with your favor. But most of all, Lord, I say once again, present yourself to us like never before. We know you're with us, but manifest yourself. We want to see you. We want to be close to you, Lord. Thank you, Father, once again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. I wish I could go longer and pray with you longer, but we got to make way once again for the Spanish. Does anyone need an envelope for tithe or offering tonight? You can shoot a hand up into the air and we'll get to you. Need an envelope? All right. Well, let's pray one more time and then we'll turn you loose. Let's agree for the tithe and offering. You can also text to give or give in person, however the Lord directs you or however you would like to. Father, we thank you for tonight and the opportunity to give. Right now and also this weekend, all the way through Sunday, the First Fruits offering, thank you for the opportunity to give. We trust you. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. We honor you because you are faithful. You've been so good to us.